You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line today we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Jeff. Doing real well. How's everything there? Can't complain. Can't complain. I don't think any of us can complain because it looks things are looking a little better right now due to the Fed's meeting yesterday. So I don't want to call you a fortune teller, Eric, but you kind of called it yourself as far as uh, what we were going to see as far as interest rates. So let's talk about that first. How did the FOMC meeting go yesterday and what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I gave an outside possibility to a rate increase in the sense that the Fed wanted to show that they had some gumption. (laughs) I think the, the market was probably terribly disappointed that the statement was so dovish when they brought in the new conditions like, you know, what worldwide conditions are like and there's no inflation and and it was as dovish as you can be. There was only one dissenter. In fact, one of the Fed governors even suggested apparently negative interest rates going forward. So I don't think anybody who read that statement and watches what's going on in the economic world could possibly imagine there's going to be a December rate increase or even imagine there might be an increase in forever. We haven't had one for nine years, which is kind of an incredible thing to say, right? We haven't had a rate increase in nine years. <laughs> and and we've been bumbling along ever since. I mean, we had a financial crisis. The last rate increase was 06. We've had a financial crisis in the meantime. We've had zero interest rates. We have money printing. And we're not getting any traction. If you look at the, the most of the reg, uh, regional Fed surveys, they're all pointing to weakness. There's weakness in China. There's weakness in almost, uh, almost any country you can imagine in the world. Some of these countries have even had to revert to austerity programs to try to keep their currencies from totally plunging. I'm referring uh, particularly to Brazil. And we, we see these crazy currency swings. We see wild swings in the bond market. One of the things that I conceptualized was that the Fed might want the stock market to come down because it might move people into the bond market. Because when you look at the setup of the bond market these days, you have what used to be the two biggest buyers, China and OPEC, are now sellers. When your biggest buyer becomes a seller, Who's going to be the buyer of the bonds? And I so I think that the the Fed is probably prepared to let the market go. So they might swing people into bonds because they need a lot of help in the bond side of the market because the Chinese have sold. I think they've stated that it sold something like seventy six billion in July and something like eighty nine billion in August. And they're probably selling as we speak. And of course, uh, the long yields went up here. Uh, the thirty year breached three this week, and it was looking kind of treacherous. And, of course, I think the key thing to keep everyone seemingly calm is to try to keep rates under control because it would be the death knell of the economy and the government, for that matter, if rates went higher. So I think there might be a little uh, method in the madness of uh, stocks going down here. Uh, But the statement was so dovish that uh, I think we can almost dispense with the thought of any rate increase going forward here, which kind of opens up the road for precious metals. We've been suffering for the last four years because the Fed was going to increase rates, which was all BS, as we now have determined, okay? Because it just, there probably have been times when maybe you could think that we could raise rates because unemployment went from whatever it was, 8 point something percent down to theoretically 5%. I don't believe the numbers for one second. But you'd think that sort of thing might allow them to raise rates from zero. (laughs) That's the funny part. We can't even get them off zero. So... 
The market's been fixating on a rate increase, and it hasn't happened. And I don't think it's uh, I think it's way less likely to happen in the very near to intermediate term now than uh, than we would have thought before yesterday's announcement. So, Eric, moving back over to gold and silver demand. I know we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. How are things looking in the physical market in terms of how things have been shaping up this week? Well, well, first of all, Jeff, I think we got to go to what's actually going on in the physical markets. And of course, the most stunning thing that happened this week is the inventories of gold at the COMEX that are available for delivery are down to five tons. Five tons is like $150 million. I mean, it's almost fumes. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see if someone just decide they'll take those five tons and let's see what happens here. We're also seeing the, uh, the coin sales. The coin sales in the States for gold have been stunning this month. They were stunning in July. They eased off a little in August. It's still a very good number. Looks like we might have a record month this month for gold sales. And this is kind of before this move in the price of gold. I mean, we had a pretty good move in the price of gold this week. So, you know, as people see markets going down, which the market looks like it's going to go down today, uh, and gold going up, you might even find more and more buying comes into that. And of course, it's not just the United States. It's the undoubtedly the Perkman, the Canadian, that the dealers are all getting wiped out of coins, particularly silver coins. As I mentioned uh, last week, the tonnage that tonnage of silver that India imported in August is almost impossible to imagine that they would have taken 1,400 tons in one month. And in fact, it's interesting that three years ago, for the full year, they imported 2,000 tons per year. Now they're importing at the rate of 1,400 tons a month. So I mean, it just, it looks like there's a physical shortage that's manifesting itself. There's all sorts of great articles about LVMA tightness, backwardation in gold. So uh, I guess the phrase I'd use is there, there seems to be some smoke in the room, so we might want to get ready for the fire here. So keeping in line with the idea of metals, Eric, we can obviously see that gold has rallied to a two-and-a-half-week high, obviously due to a weaker American dollar. So do you think this may cause a shift in sentiment to precious metals for investors? Well, that's what I think is going to happen here. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was listening to one of the mainstream media business channels. They were talking about, oh, you know, the market's down and people are buying gold. And they've been buying gold for a while, by the way. It just hasn't shown up in the paper markets. But you can kind of see a sense where people might be thinking, gee, there's not really an economic recovery coming. The earnings are uh, the companies, for the most part, are punky. We had a FedEx warning this week, which is a very, very good a world barometer of economic activity. There's all sorts of measures of economic, world economic activity that are weakening, whether it's, you know, ship loadings or shipping rates or all sorts of things you can look at that suggest it's, it's really turning down here. Where these tremendous changes in currency exchange rates, like tremendous one, even in our own country here, Canada, I don't know what the dollar's down by this year, but it's got to be 15% which makes everything from the States 15% more expensive. Conversely, it makes things in Canada 15% cheaper than they were, which will ultimately help us. But we all can't devalue our currency, or we all can devalue our currency, and the only thing that's going to go up is gold. And I think that people can see the reasons to own gold now. Technically, they both look like they're breaking out of their downtrends here. You can feel... If you judge by the coin sales, I mean, people make decisions to buy coins. Why are they making decisions to buy a lot of coins in September? I mean, it would be the same reason that we've espoused before, but they're actually activating it this month. They activated it in July. They cooled out a little in August, but 
It looks like they're back at the table here. The stock market's looking wildly. The bond market's had some serious hiccups here. So maybe people ought to be, and I think they are, more and more people I think are going to move into to owning uh, physical gold. And, and again, the one thing I think I should stress is that, you know, 90% of the world's population is suffering from currency devaluation, including Canada. The only ones that weren't were the U.S., which is a small part of the world's population, maybe 5% of the world's population. So if you lived in Brazil and your currency is down 30%, you wouldn't have lost anything if you had gold. Now gold's going up, too. So instead of losing the 30%, maybe you'd pick up a few percent in gold or 10% or whatever. Same thing with lots of these other currencies, whether it's the Kazakhstan tengi that's down 40%, and you know the Malaysian ringgit. Indian rupee or the Chinese yuan, Japanese yen. I mean, there's so many reasons for people on gold, and it's just going to take a little spark here, I think, to get that tsunami going. So let's hope that we will finally witness that day when the physicalness overcomes the paper claims. And by the way, the paper claims on the COMEX are now 252 to 1. So if a mere 0.4% of the people that are long futures contracts ask for delivery, There'd be no there isn't it would take care of all the deliverable gold. So we're seeing lots of signs which suggest uh, our camp uh, will win the day here. Well, Eric, let's really hope so. Hope we're actually seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. As usual, Eric, we always appreciate your insight here on the weekly wrap up, and we look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Let's look forward to a great week. Thanks. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap up here on Sprout Money News. Have a great weekend.